Welcome to another inspiring podcast from C3 New Hope. For more information about our church and its locations, please visit our website at c3newhope.com.au. So everyone wants to know, are we close? <laughs> When's it going to happen? What's going to what's going to happen? And and I'm going to tell you something that um you might want to write down and get ready and because this is be massively important for us here today. And my four or three words are going to be, I don't know. <laughs> I don't really know. And uh, in fact, as I was doing some research for this series, I, I came across all these books um, that people have written in the past thinking that they did know. And I actually saw one book that says 88 reasons why in 1988 the Lord is coming back. <laughs> Now, either he was right and we're in trouble right now, or he got it completely wrong. And uh, (laughs) today we're going to go through a little bit of what we spoke about last week in regards to diving through a bit of Matthew 24. And if you you weren't here last week for whatever reason, I encourage you to go through the podcasts and uh, and to be able to uh, listen to these uh, these, these messages. I think they're going to do you well. We're going to start in verse 3 today. It says, As Jesus was sitting on the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately and says, Tell us... When will this happen? So we'll remember by now that the Jesus in the Scripture has been talking about the end times and what's going to happen. And the disciples are basically wanting more of a private moment here to be able to ask more questions of Jesus, of, hey, you're talking about these things, but give us some more information. Let us know about what's going on right now. And so then Jesus comes back and obviously then goes through uh, and says, and, and, and what will be the sign of your coming and the end of age? So remember last week that we went through and then Jesus actually goes through and talks about some different signs. He talks about the fact that there'll be deception in the world, that there'll be wars, divisions, earthquakes, famines, all the things we want to be able to just bask in and have received from here today. But then verse 8 then comes and says, and all these are the beginnings of birth pains. And so what Jesus does here, he actually likens the end times to pregnancy, to to, to end times of, of birth pains. And again, all the mummers in the house here will know that there is a distinct difference between being pregnant in the first month and then in the ninth month. Even in the days beforehand, there's another distinct difference. So Jesus is basically saying that you're going to know the end of the times when there's going to be like, like, a, like a woman would go through birth pains and pregnancy. This is what the world will go through. This is what's going to happen during this time. But I actually think I saw someone who's recently experienced that is Josh and Laura here. They, Come on down the front, guys. Josh and Laura Buck, they have just gone through all the experiences of, of birth pains and so forth. Well, Laura has. Oh, is Joe and Rosie here too as well? Come on down. We've got, we've got double Remy. Come on, Joe and Rosie, come on down. Are you like riding solo right now? They're both feeding right now. Okay. Well, Joe, come on down. Oh, are they coming out? Oh, I don't want to be like get in trouble here. Like, is this Okay. We're not the bosses, you just said. You're exactly right. Joe and Rose, are you here as well? Come on, come on down. Hello. I'm sorry if I just, just disturbed everything right there. That was not my intention at all. Um, whilst Joe and Rose come, why don't you quickly introduce us to this little bundle of joy? Are you the spokesperson? She can. Go on. What's, what's his name? Uh, Bo William Buck. Bo William Buck, hey. And, uh, and how old's Bo now? Two weeks. He's two weeks. Is he doing okay? Yeah, he's great. Is mum and dad doing okay? Yeah. Yeah. It was like a shaky, oh, yeah, kind of. <laughs> uh, these guys are experienced campaigns. They've got a couple of kids already and doing well. How are the girls? Are they enjoying having little brother around? 
It took a bit, but yeah, they, they love him. <laughs> honesty, honesty, honesty. I think we've got Joe coming on down as well. This could be, this could be really great or really bad. I'm not too sure how the kids are going to go, but we'll wait and see. Come on down, guys. Come on down. Rosie, Rosie, Rosie. Looking at you, hey. I'm going to come over here. How are you doing? Are you doing okay? Yeah, yeah, really well. Yeah, really well, mate. It's, how good is this? And, and who we got here? This is Heath Josiah Gray. Heath Josiah Gray. Look at you guys adding to the church every day and doing your thing. Um, this is like church growth 101 right here, isn't it? Hey? This, is, this is how you grow a church, guys. Um, how's, how's, the, how's the family doing? Yeah, good. Yeah, good. All right. <laughs> um, these guys are just absolutely fantastic uh, families in our church. We love you guys so much. Little Heath, little Bo, we, we love you heaps. And uh, one day, well, no doubt we'll get to, to dedicate and do the formalities. But, um, you know, we are so proud of you. I'm um, so excited for you. We're backing you and cheering you guys on. And uh, we love you heaps. And want to put our hands together for these guys today. Amen, amen, amen. I've got a little bit of distraction. I actually saw Josh through there a little bit. I saw the silhouette of the hair and so forth. But... Where we we went to back to back to Jesus. Okay, so um, we're talking about the uh, the end times being like these like like uh, birth pains, like of of, of times of, uh, of of birthing pains. And so a question, you know, how close are we? Well, as we've been saying, we don't really know. But I would like to suggest that we are we are drawing to a close. And if I was to give a a, a thought here, I think we're in the final trimester. And I want to be able to sort of suggest some of these thoughts to you here today in regards to some of the signs that we are currently seeing here today. Now, Jesus goes on to say in verse 36, that, but at about that day or hour, no one will know, not even the angels or in heaven, nor the Son. So Jesus himself is saying only the Father is going to know when I'm coming back. But as, we started, as I started studying the signs, and there are dozens and dozens of prophecies and signs that the Bible outlines. We're not going to go through all the signs here today because we'll literally be here all day. But I do think that actually if we were to categorize those signs, I think we can actually find these signs being categorized into two main signs that I want to be able to share and be able to talk about here today. And one of these ones we talked a little bit about last week. The first one, if you're taking notes, the first one here is that there will be an increase of wickedness on the earth. Now, I'm not too sure whether the modern day church is ready for that, which is a part of my heart's desire as shepherd of this place to prepare our people as well as we possibly can. And it's my vow to, to do all that we can to ready ourselves for this time. We said last week that we, are, we live in a, a grace-saturated world today. And again, I'm all for grace. I, I'm, I've been saved through God. I'm, I'm, I love the grace of God. But there's also an understanding that there's some realities that we've got to be our face as well. And the Bible's pretty clear. And we talked about words like tribulation last week and challenges and the earth groaning and moaning and, and, and the birth pains. There are some times that are ahead of us that there will be, and whether it's in our time or someone else's time, we need to be finding ourselves ready to be able to stand in those times. To Timothy, Paul talks, about, talk, talks about a, lot, a lot like this. He says, but mark this, there will be terrible times in the last days. One of you guys go home, write that on a piece of paper and stick it on the fridge. <laughs> Pass that on the way through every day. 
And even though as I looked into the initial Greek of this particular phrase, the word terrible is the same word that is used when Jesus cast the demon out in the place of um, Gadara. And so there's going to be a demonic influence that's going to take place in these final days. Everyone feeling encouraged right now? Verse 2 then says, people will be lovers of themselves. <laughs> I'm going to read a bit, a, bit of a, a bit of scripture out here. I think that we are living in some of these times right now. Narcissism, narcissism has become like a drug for people these days. It's addictive. As narcissism rises, we see humility being pressed down. We see pride rising. And we see this lover of yourself becoming more and more promotion of self. You've only got to look at Instagram these days and see the promotion of self being coming more and more prevalent in our times. Lovers of money, boastful, proud, abusive, disobedient to their parents. Some of you guys are thinking, some of your parents right now are thinking, we are definitely in times right now because, my goodness, my kids right now. Ungrateful, unholy, without love, unforgiving, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not lovers of good, treacherous, rash, conceited. Well, she's lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. <laughs> Having a form of godliness, but denying its power. Come on, church. Let us never find ourselves in a time that we enter into days of forms of godliness. Let us never find our signs in times where we find ourselves imitators of the godliness of God. Let us never find times where we are presenting ourselves like a fake presentation of worship to our God. But rather, this is why we need the rivers of God flowing in our church, where we see miracles flowing, where we see healings taking place, we see the supernatural becoming a common occurrence each and every single time. Whether it's in this house or your house or in someone else's house, we want to believe and rely on the power of God. That we live in a time right now where, where it's, been, it's been predicted, it's been prophesied that we're going to have times of, there will be forms of godliness. It's where Jesus was previously saying, be careful of the deception that's going to be out there. It's going to look pretty. He goes on to tell the, the disciples before this time, he says, be careful of the, the fig trees. That if there's just nice little bits of leaves around the place, it's very different to having the fruit in their life. We find ourselves indeed bearing the fruit, the fruits of the Holy Spirit, the fruits of, of godliness that exhibits His glory and shines His light. I've got little doubt that today we are living in a time of moral decay. You just need to be able to flick on the news and be able to look around and see, hey, there is, there's moral decay, de 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 decay going on. We are seeing the destruction of the family unit right now. We are seeing marriage being attacked. We're seeing parents' ability to be able to be parents in the world being attacked, especially fathers. And I got this is why I'm so passionate about seeing our families, our marriages, particularly our fathers, lead the way during this time because we need strong men. We need strong marriage. We need strong young kids rising up during this time. So we're seeing that. And I also believe that's been attacked, that family unit's, family unit's been attacked. Why? Because I've got no doubt in my mind that, that, the, that, that, the, that how discipleship is at its strongest is within the family unit. You look at the scriptures in, in Deuteronomy chapter 6, one of my favorite foundational scriptures, where it says, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength. 
And then the very next thing it says, go and teach the ways of the Lord to your children. So when you bring down the family unit, you bring down the effectiveness of discipleship. The devil is not, uh, not, 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 not an innocent, sort of non-thinking kind of person. He understands the power of family, understands the power of the family unit. And it's my prayer that we have family after family after family after family who is strong in the Lord, with mums and dads teaching the ways of the Lord to their children. I love the fact that out there, the kids are doing their thing. But do you know what? It's not the kids that the kids leave responsibility to raise your kids. It's your responsibility. You had the most powerful voice to be able to have, which is why even tonight I'm taking some time, and I know Carissa is, and, and Nick's going to be presenting some time. We can actually put the uh, put the graphic up where we actually take some time to talk about what is that your kids are looking at right now. Do you know your kids are in front of their eyes have been exposed to more things now than ever before, and so much of it is not good. And I want to encourage, I want to rally parents particularly. Be the strongest and loudest voice in your children's life. Be aware to what's taking place today. I would encourage every single parent, particularly if you've got a parent uh, in, in, in who's school-aged, you should come tonight. Five o'clock here, we're going to present, and I want us to be a shine light into what is potentially a dark space. Who knows that when you walk into your kitchen in the middle of the night, you know, as who sometimes gets to the middle of the night, has a little bit of a sneaky snack, yeah? You can't see the cockroaches on the ground in the dark. You flick that light on, what happens to the, what happens to the cockroaches? I want to shine light into some of these things. We're going to have digital, we're going to have prints, we're going to have different kind of media that we're going to look at. Nick shared me some stats this week that just blew my mind. I've got a little girl now, it's 10. And some of the things that she can see and get exposed to, and I'm a, I would say I'm a pretty good parent, but we can't protect our kids to the point where we'd have total control every single moment. But we can raise our kids to know the difference between right and wrong. And so I want to encourage us, rally around this, and uh, five o'clock tonight it would be great to be able to see you. Um, where am I going? Okay, so moral decay. Um, we've got gender confusion like never before. Mental and emotional health at record highs right now. Sexual immorality. And the thing that scares me about sexual immorality is that we have become desensitized to what we see right now. I was with um, Pete Gray this week and we were driving around and we choked around some of the ads that used to be on TV. Even the ads on TV used to be past nine o'clock before certain ads came on TV, right? They're like on when Bluey's on right now. You think, holy moly, we actually have to be able to take, we, we, we turn the volume off and get Alvy to look away for sometimes, just the ads on innocent TV shows right now. We become desensitized to these things. The sacredness of life, the unborn, has been lost. Corruption, control, misuse of power is rife. Decay is everywhere. And what's interesting is I look throughout history, and I'm a bit of a history buff, as you look through uh, like major kind of nations, the Persians, the Trojans, the Egyptians, the Greeks, the, the Romans during this time, all these major empires, what's interesting to me is that none of them were defeated from outside. They all imploded from inside. That the further they drifted away from godliness, they actually imploded. They rotted from inside. Their society 
went so far against the ways of the Lord, they actually had no way to be able to sustain themselves. And I suspect that parts of our world right now, I say parts, not all, but parts, are starting to form this very thing. Now, I'm praying for Australia. I'm praying for Mount Annan. I'm praying for our church. I'm praying for our community. But what we can't be turning a blind eye to is some of what has been prophesied, I think we're starting to see right now. I think we're starting to see. I think some of these signs are being fulfilled. So, again, I want to move on to some of our responses in a second. So our first sign is that there will be increasing weakness. But I've got good news for you, for you. Just like that's been prophesied, it also says that during these dark days, the light will shine brighter and it will not be overcome. The second one will be, there will be an increase in the gospel spreading throughout all the nations. Here's how Jesus says in Matthew 24, but the one who stands firm, let us stand firm. To the end, we'll be saved. And the gospel of the kingdom will be preached in the world, uh, in the whole world as a testimony to all nations. Now, this word nations is not, does not mean countries. It's ethnos in the original Greek. Now, in, in the world, I had to Google this, we have 193 different countries throughout our world. But there are 7,000 ethnos groups. In other words, cultural groups, language groups. 7,000. And what the word here is saying is, as you go into the nation, as you preach the word, as you preach the good news of the gospel, and when you find yourself through all the nations, that will be the time when the end will come. <laughs> and that's happening right now. For the first time in history, because of our ability to travel, because of the, the limitations that previously, if I wanted to go to... Madagascar tomorrow, I could be on a stage preaching to someone tomorrow morning if I had a really nice jet that would get me there nice and quickly. <laughs> Our barriers are being reduced more than ever. Our ability to be able to have um, technology and spread the gospel and share the gospel. Our ability to be able to have the Bible translated into languages like never before is all happening right now. I had a quick chat with uh, my good friend Richard Green who's going to come and preach for us in a few weeks' time. He's been just... He's been everywhere around the world, and most of you guys would know that he's got churches like he he multiplies churches like there's no tomorrow. And he's been recently in Afghanistan and Kazakhstan and Pakistan. And if you name Stan, then he gets prophesied and preached and, and believing. But he he's there, and he's seen literally hundreds and hundreds of people coming to know the Lord. And he's starting to see the, 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 the spread of the gospel go far and wide into new spaces, into new, new areas. And so we're going to see an increase in the gospel spreading. Daniel 12. He, 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 if you read the book of Daniel, which I encourage you, don't read it late at night because it will just you know, do something to your head. But you know, read the book. The first six chapters are all about historical account. I'm pretty sure that the uh, our youth guys are going through the first six chapters. They're talking about stand. It's actually called the Daniel Dilemma. How do you love the world but stand in a place where you're not bowing down to the world? And I love that they're doing that right now. But then the next six chapters of the Bible, of, of, of Daniel, it actually then goes and talks about a lot of prophetic or, or, or a vision or a dream insight. And it's called the 77s. It's called a time where Daniel actually has a download from heaven about 490 years, that he actually just basically he knows what's going to happen in the future. He talks about the rise and the fall of kingdoms. He talks about um, people like you know Alexander the Great in great detail. And basically, there's a download from heaven he receives. 
But the way that Daniel finishes in Daniel chapter 12, um, verses 8, he says, I have heard what he has said, but I did not understand what he meant. He knows that's a really great husband verse right there. I heard what she said, but I got no idea what she meant. So I asked. <laughs> Men, get your clarity when you need your clarity, right? How will all of this finally end, my Lord, he says. But he said, go now, Daniel, for what I have said is kept secret and sealed until the end of time. But watch this in verse 10. Many will be purified. Many will be cleansed. Many will be refined by these trials. So there will be a group of people that despite the darkness, despite the times of wickedness that will rise in our time, there will be many who will come to know the Lord. And this is our great hope. And this is our job, guys. This is our responsibility. This is, I want us to be looking more and more, not inwardly in the church, but looking outwardly in the church. How can we actually shine his light? This is the great commission. This is what we've been called to do, to be the difference in our world, to be the difference in our workplaces, to be the difference in our schools and universities, to be the difference in our families. To shine his light. But the wicked, so here's the thing. And Revelation speaks about this. The lukewarm will go cold or hot. You're not going to find yourself sitting on the fence. But the wicked, because the cold, who will, their destination will be hell, will continue in their wickedness and none of them will understand. Only those who are wise will know what it means. So the question is, how or what does it mean to be wise? And if a major sign of the end of times is the increase of weakness, uh, wickedness, if another major sign of the end times is the spreading of the gospel, I actually think there's two areas of how we can be wise right now and our responses to that knowledge. And I'll show them, I'll show them to you in 2 Peter chapter 3. It says, but the day of the Lord will come like a thief. The heavens will disappear like a roar. The elements will be destroyed by fire. The earth and everything done in it will be laid bare. Everything we see right now won't exist in heaven. We are leaving this earth. We're going to find ourselves in a new earth, new heaven. So the treasures that we find building in this time, it's going to, we're not going to take it with us. We will take, though, a few things. So there's a great question here that Peter asks. It says, since, everyone, so since everything will be destroyed in this way, the question he asks is, what kind of people ought you to be? I want to stir us here this morning. What kind of people ought we to be? He goes and actually gives an answer. You ought to live holy and godly lives. The first of the two responses I think that we should be having right now, right here, with eyes to heaven, of how do we live our time here, is to live holy and godly lives, to abide in him, to obey his word, to surrender our lives to his headship. You know, I read this thing yesterday, and it was about this role of discipleship, and particularly in the early church, there was almost a rejection of discipleship because what it was instructing and encouraging us to do is to deny yourself, which means die to yourself, which means the way that you want to live your life is a better way. So stop living your life that way. Pick up your cross and follow him. 
But what's interesting to me also is that as you read the New Testament accounts, those who did that, their testimony is that they found life. They found life to its fullest. What they actually realized very quickly is that the way that they were living their life was only an imitation. It was a, it was a fake way of living. And we've been called right now to be able to live holy and godly lives. That's the first response. Second response. Is, and Peter suggests that we can speed up this process by getting busy in the kingdom. He says in verse 12, as you look forward, everyone say look forward. Again, I want to encourage us. The end times is nothing to be scared about. We have this full phrase, don't be scared, be prepared. Be ready for the coming of the king. It says, be looking forward to the day of God. And then it says, speed its coming. We've got a responsibility. We've got an opportunity. We've got an opportunity to be to his ambassadors, to represent him, to be the difference in our world. And I'm convinced that the only reason that Jesus hasn't already come is because of the great love of the Father. So two responses, follow Jesus and not the world. Second of all, make an eternal difference in the lives of others. I wonder who it is that God's placing in your life right now to be a difference. Again, we can talk about all these times, but it's got to come to a place where it makes a difference here as well. I believe that God is calling us as a church to live godly and holy lives. But I also believe he's calling us as a church to be looking outwardly to a world that desperately needs the light of God in their world. Is it in our prayers right now? Is it in as, in our, as parents that focus with our children? Is it with our neighbors that we just want to strangle because they're using our hose all the time and using our water and so forth? And you're like, I just want to kill them. But are, are we loving the way? We've actually got good neighbors. That's not us. <laughs> but the people in our world that God's called us to I wonder how much of an impression do we have on our hearts right now to be the difference that they need, to be the link in the chain, to be the example that they need. My prayer is that this series will stir us to a place where we, we do, we, we live godly lives. We pursue holiness. We break the backbone of sin over our lives. I believe this is what God's calling us to but also to be living in a way where we indeed shine his goodness and his love and his mercies to all the ends. 2 Peter verses, uh, chapter 3, verses 9 says, The Lord is not, is not slow in keeping his promise. And we read this scripture earlier on. I might actually ask our, our worship team to come back now, and, and Patrick, you can even come up and, and get ready as well. Um, as some of us understand slowness, instead, he's patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. And this is our God's heart. This is his heart for us, to make as much of an opportunity for us to receive him as our Lord, as our Saviour over our lives. We hope you've been encouraged by this message. For more information about C3 New Hope and its locations, please visit our website at c3newhope.com.au.